This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. We are eternal beings. Regression may gift you with a new perspective on your current life, as Bered gently guides you through your journey across multiple lifetimes. Every session is a buildup of the neural pathway connections leading to the awakening and raising of your consciousness. It seems that as the collective consciousness has shifted, so has the recalled experience of past lives. Therefore, in recent times, more and more incredible journeys are being experienced. Quantum physics informs us that we are multidimensional, metaphysical beings. Many people are becoming aware of a renewed sense of purpose and consequently wish to awaken others to the possibility of raising consciousness. Combined intention results in critical mass. When we change within, everything around us changes. Valeria Tellez interviews Vered. She has been a psychotherapist, astrologer, and hypnotherapist for 22 years. Prior to that, she was a high school teacher, actor, Spanish-French translator interpreter, voiceover artist, linguist, and co-director of a company. It is Vered's heartfelt intention to assist her clients to connect with their inner truth and be directed to their purpose, health, and joy. Her psychotherapy work draws largely from family constellations, which is a powerful modality created by Bert Hellinger. Her work in QHHT, which she has been doing consistently since 2007, has been her main focus. Having been trained directly by Dolores Cannon in 2007, Level 1, and 2010, Level 2, As such, she has currently done over 3,700 face-to-face sessions dealing with issues such as life direction, purpose, illness, and healing, abductions, star origins, and family relationships. She has recently created her own process called Healing Trance Journey, which is her adaptation of QHHT for an online context. Her qualifications include a Bachelor of Arts, University of NSW, Postgraduate Diploma of Education, University of Sydney, Diploma of Hypnosis, Postgraduate Diploma in Psychotherapy, and years of training in other psychotherapeutic processes, including Jungian psychology. She is also a Reiki II practitioner and medium. Meet Farad at pastliferegression.net.au. Here's the interview with Farad.
your own words, who am I speaking with today? <laughs> Valeria, who are you speaking with today? <laughs> and what is life to me? You're speaking to someone who's quite um, unusual. And yet having said that, there are many, if not millions, like me around the world. On a practical level, I'm someone who has been a high school teacher. I've been assistant company director of a business. I've been a Spanish-French interpreter in um, hospitals and in uh, family law. I'm a mother of two beautiful boys, grown adults. And for the last 21 years, I've been a psychotherapist specializing in family constellations. And for 18 years now, I have been a QHHT practitioner, having trained with Dolores Cannon in 2007 here in Sydney, Australia, and in 2010 with Dolores again and Julia for the second level. And since then, I've been absolutely working full-time with quantum healing hypnosis technique, having done about 3,700 sessions. I'm very aware, particularly through this work, it's such a joy to be um, exposed to people's unfolding and evolution, and I'm learning all the time from my clients. But I'm very aware of being a multidimensional being um, and I feel that this is what, um, thankfully, a lot of people are becoming aware of. We're having uh, some level of understanding of the quantum universe and understanding that we really are existing right now in many other dimensional realities. However, it's very important to understand that this life that we're living now is the most important one because it's the one that we're focused on. But it is beautiful to be aware of other time, space, dimensional experiences, or we could call them lifetimes, that are in some way still informing this life. I've had um, many extraordinary experiences with, I'm going to call them other dimensional or higher dimensional beings, since I, well, from my understanding, since age seven there is a possibility it may have been before, but I'm not conscious of it. So I've had many, many extraordinary experiences with higher intelligence. Um, and, of course, that when one becomes aware of that, of course, it changes your sense of being in the world. It gives you a sense of maybe always seeing beyond the literal always having an inclination to see things beyond and more deeply. What is life to you? Life to me is the experience of the dream, because for me it is all a dream and yet so real, paradoxically so real. But in this dream we have actually have access to the body and we have access to really experience in, in a very visceral way all the different emotions that are associated with being a human. 
So I feel that life in some way is the learning and the application of all these lessons about human emotions, greed and jealousy and love and fear, etc. Um, and also manifestation, to what extent we can manifest or not. I think we're learning about that too. That is um, what is possible on, on the earth plane. So it really is a magnificent gift because my understanding of, let's call it the other side, I, I by the way, I'm also a medium, so... Um, I've been able to speak with spirit and other higher dimensional beings um, for many, many years. Um, it's become very natural. It comes up in my sessions. Um, yeah, it's become very natural, like a Skype call or a Zoom call. They feel the love and connection to the client I'm with, and it's it's through love that they do want to come through and give some kind of a message, whether it be someone who's actually being in the body and passed over or whether it's um, their guide or that's quite a big discussion. So my understanding of um, the other side or that other dimensional consciousness that we return to and leave, that we return to and leave, that we return to and leave, is while on many levels it's very beautiful, very, very beautiful, very healing, very connecting, doesn't really give us the opportunity to apply a lot of that learning. And to that end, it's very nice to, or very important actually, to come into a body and be on the earth plane. If, if it's um, about learning, as I said before, you know, about emotions and manifestation. Once we've learned all of that, we can actually return to, if you like, and again, you know, one gets very caught up with semantics, but one can return to another dimensional level um, in, in the spirit realm or on other planes of consciousness. So earth is not the only gig. So that, I guess, is what life is to me. But on a personal level, it's very much about learning about love, where we're blocked in receiving, where we're blocked in giving. That's been a big thing for me. Um, I'm also um, an astrologer. I, I began this journey um, studying Jungian psychology. And so my interest in um, Jungian psychology and astrology, uh, this was something like, I don't know, 22 years ago or something. and Studying astrology, and, and actually I was working professionally as an astrologer um, over all these years, still do, this is, is a, a discipline or an understanding that is a kind of blueprint, okay, for what we've come in with, what understandings or lackings we've come in with, and what we're here to, it, it, it's a map, what we're here to try and address and bring to balance. My grandfather was a Kabbalistic rabbi in what was then Czechoslovakia. And I feel that I carry the love of Kabbalah in my, in my field. Um, and in Kabbalah, we, we call, we have a word that is tikkun, which in English would be the correction point, which is very similar to the concept of karma. But the chart can show us, it's a guide, it's a map to where we need to bring balance in our lives.
What is the purpose of the human experience? Yeah, that's a lovely question, Valeria. And I think that question is is so important to everybody at the moment. I feel it's a question that probably every single client who comes to me has. This urgent sense of wanting to know one's purpose, if even if one's been a nurse for 15 years or an accountant, whatever, suddenly it becomes very important to have more meaning in one's um, life experience. The purpose of my life at the moment, I think I covered in question one, but I think I want to learn even more deeply and, and more deeply about love, not just romantic love, but love of humanity. I have a bit of a pattern from past lives and it's well <laughs> evidenced in my chart as well, of having a tendency to constellate uh, the violence in the world. In astrology, we call it a Mars-Pluto conjunction in the 12th house. Um, so anything I see that, that's violent for me seems to just constellate in my system. I find it very hard to look at violence, to look at war, and I'm learning very much to still have love and compassion for those who I perceive to be the perpetrators. But apart from that, or as well as that, as I said, just to be as loving as I possibly can with the people in my life and allow myself to receive love. What do you love most about being in a human body? <laughs> as I was explaining before, it's only in the human body as opposed to being in a state just of spirit and consciousness, which is, is absolutely divine, absolutely wonderful. But being in a human body, again, we, we have the experience of all the visceral um, sexual pleasure, um, the pleasure of eating certain foods, the, the sensation of touch. So it's a very rich experience and uh, many times in spirit, spirits have said to me that they really miss <laughs> lasagna, you know, with basil. And, you know, they, they often have a longing for mm, a good coffee. Um, so, you know, th these experiences obviously can only happen um, in a real way within the human body. What is healing to you? Healing is such a broad broad um, concept. I have had many clients over the years who have come with various illnesses. Um, last year I had seven women who came, who presented with breast cancer. And through the QHHT and also the application of certain processes that I draw from, mainly from um, systemic constellations, they, we have been able to uncover why the person on a very subconscious level has actually created the illness. And when there is understanding and then healing of whatever the, um, the how can I say, well, the programming is, the programming from another life or from early childhood or from um, factors in our field um, in constellations, 
um, we talk about the field and the systems that we're born into. So obviously we're born into, first of all, a family system. So we can be carrying a lot of the um, beliefs or symptomologies, et cetera, from our family system. We can be carrying something from our grandfather who we didn't even know and so forth. So this is what we would refer to um, in other ways as ancestral healing. So sometimes just the understanding of where it comes from and then applying certain processes, which I often do within the QHHD context, this is a great healing. Now, very often that healing will translate into the biophysical body. So the seven women I saw who had breast cancer, all of them, in every case, the tumor in their breast dissolved after the session. And, of course, you know, this was proven by the MRI, etc. So that was pretty extraordinary. Having said that, I also had a very beautiful patient, client, um, who was already stage four brain tumor. So, I, I, you know, in my experience, if something has, if a cancer has reached stage four, the beliefs that have created it are so deeply entrenched in neural pathways, it's really um, quite a feat to go beyond it. So what came from that session was an incident that happened in his childhood that he was carrying a lot of guilt about. And his higher self or oversoul, again, it's very semantic. Or Yes, we'll call it the higher self, just for want of a better term told him, and he was a very wealthy man, told him that he needs to delegate and go and live in his um, abode in the country, he had a country, and just let go of the business and just trust that it's going to be okay. And that they would, they, because paradoxically it's our higher self, but there's a sense of collectivity about it as well. So I often refer to our higher self as they. It seems more collective. They said that, yes, if he and he had to change his diet, etc., but had to let go of the business, and that they would dissolve the tumor within three months. Now, when the session finished, he found it absolutely fascinating, but said, "I, I won't be able to do that, Verid. I, I can't. I just cannot let go of the business." And on some level, he was still proving something to his father, um, fueled or informed very much by guilt for this incident when he was very young. And so arguably, and yeah, and he was told by his higher self that if, if he didn't do this, um, he would pass within six weeks. So, th- you know, th- these um, possibilities were given to him. And so he told me very sadly that there's no way he could do that. He, he must be there with the business. And he did pass exactly six weeks later. So... Was this a healing? I mean, it, it's a very difficult, um, it's a very broad term. I believe there was a very high level of healing in that he was able to understand where this came from. He was given a choice which one takes or doesn't take. If you don't take it, you know, you'll come back and you'll try again with the same lessons. But I feel that there was um, some kind of peace in him, just with the understanding, even though he did 
leave the body. I hope that makes sense. I think what I'm trying to say is sometimes healing is something that manifests in the body in a very strong and real way. And other times healing can be or derive just from um, an understanding. Perhaps then there are degrees of healing. Um, in my own case, uh, in 2007, um, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and I refused to have an operation. I mean, this is quite a long, involved story, which I won't go into with um, a lot of detail now, but I knew that there was no way I was going to have an operation. And when the surgeon told me that he would um, remove the tumours, one the size of a grapefruit, one the size of an orange, and anything else that needed removal, I was doodling, and I was doodling ETs. I don't know why, just oh, the little ETs. So I knew, no, no, I won't be doing this. And it's a very long story, as I said. But just through getting in touch with the subconscious reason for having created these tumors, I was able to decreate them. And five weeks later, they were gone. And I've got all the um, medical notes around that. I mean, I don't even really understand what happened. I know what I did. And I know what I believe is the story. But sometimes I think we have to just let go and let God, whatever our concept of God is, whether it's a religious understanding of God, whether it's more a sense of some sort of universal mind. Um, so sometimes I think that, you know, healing can happen and we think it's it happened for this or that, but really it's just some kind of miracle. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? Well, I, again, I think freedom. I think freedom is a very, very relative term. I can see, as I um, alluded to earlier, in a person's chart what they're here to experience and explore. In my case, I have what's called a, a first house sun in Virgo. So self-expression for me is the ultimate freedom. So that has been a very, very strong theme in my life to have a voice and to be free, to be me, to be in my sovereignty, to do things the way I feel they can be done and not to be um, repressed. So that's been a very strong theme. That's, that's my personal experience of freedom, but I think it's obviously very, very different for many different people. And it's very contextual. Every country has, has um, you know, as a system, going back to family constellations and systemic constellations, every country has their own paradigm of what freedom is. So it, it's very relative. At this time, what is the world's greatest need? And also, do you have a vision for a new reality? Well, the world's greatest need, I think so much and so often about this. And I have so many hopes about humanity. I have a sincere hope that there can be critical mass about creating a better world. There, It's contentious, but I believe that we probably have entered the age of Aquarius. Um, astrologers don't seem to agree on when that actually is, whether it already happened or whether it's still to happen. But, but I do feel we've entered the age of Aquarius. 
um, and the age of Aquarius is is quite a mixed bag because we know that Aquarius rules technology as well. So on one level, there's an inevitability about um, the um, incorporation of very high technology into our world, uh, scanning AI. I think we all the metaverse. I think we all know about that. So that is something that I worry about. But at the same time, the age of Aquarius can also be this sense of group and community taking things into their own hands. I believe that we've seen that beginning to happen. The the convoys, um, the the trucky convoys in Canada, um, even here in Australia, groups going to um, Canberra to protest the mandates. Um, In Israel, 40,000 truckies descended on Jerusalem. Um, people are leaving the city to to not be controlled by um, AI, if you like, or by what they perceive to be repressive governments. And they're starting their own groups. So I have a vision, well, I have a hope that all that is being exposed in the world now, all the corruption and darkness, will result in people moving more towards um, a group consciousness informed by love and fairness and respect for each other. That's what I hope for. And I feel that the world's greatest need is for truth. Ironically, we all know that, that it's a primal urge to have um, truth, and yet I think it's what people most fear. I think that we have a fear, a yearning for truth, but also, so ironically, a fear of truth. Because with truth comes accountability. And even in the QHHT sessions that I've been doing over whatever, 17, 18 years, the success of a session is, is completely commensurate with one's openness to really understanding one's truth. And it's quite scary. What is to be spiritual? And what is spirituality? Again, what it is to be spiritual, I think, is very personal. There are definitely people who um, live a spiritual life through Catholicism, taking on aspects of it that they love, maybe discarding the parts they don't love, or through Judaism or through Buddhism and, and all the uh, world religions. And then one can obviously be spiritual um, outside of the paradigm of any kind of organized religion. And then it's really about being in touch with your spirit, a sense of not being um, defined by your mind all the time, but to really spend a moment, spend 20 minutes, spending even longer, really connecting within, just going into a quiet place beyond all the addictions that we have now with, with technology. It's, it's leaving your telephone, it's leaving your devices and just taking that time to go within and to learn the language of your spirit. I believe that our higher self is trying to direct us at all times 
it's really, you know, not allowed to interfere. However, it will interfere um, in certain circumstances of danger. I believe, you know, by cosmic law, yes, it, it can definitely intervene in, in cases of emergency. But it is trying to guide us all the time. So we do need to daily just take some time to go within and listen. And when one goes within and listens to one's spirit, this is only from a place of love. And if not, it's not spirituality. Spirit, for me, rides the electromagnetic wave of love. It has to be from love. And when it is from love, um, it, it can sometimes be quite a shock to the egoic narrative that we have. We've all formulated a, a very strong narrative about ourselves. We're very this. We never do that. We're always very this. But when we're really in touch with our spirit, with our higher self, sometimes what we're given, what we're shown, might clash with the egoic narrative. So I think to be spiritual is to go beyond the egoic narrative and really listen to that higher aspect of ourselves. So why did you choose to do what you do? I've had, had um, as I mentioned earlier, I've had many professions apart from being a mother of two boys. I um, have been a, yeah assistant company director. I've been a high school teacher. I've been a um, translator, interpreter for French and Spanish, worked as an interpreter in hospitals and in court. Um, I've had many professions. And I had an experience in... Um, 1992, with higher dimensional beings that completely exploded my understanding of science and what is real. And at the time, I felt very alone with this. Of course, this was pre-internet. <laughs> and there was nobody to validate what I had been through. There was nobody to um, even witness what I knew had happened. And really, th there were just you know, maybe some books in a bookshop, but that was it. So one was very alone. Thankfully, that's very, very different now. So that, that, that experience, which was actually being taken in, in a ship and having contact and interaction with um, higher beings, that completely changed my life. And basically, I realized that I'm here to help people um, reconcile or balance heaven and earth. That's how it came to me at the time. And, and I now understand that there are so many other people who went through that, who are going through that now. But I didn't know at the time. I was so alone with this. And that completely turned my life around. So I started studying Jungian astrology and Jungian psychology. And... That led me to, this is also very consistent with my chart, being a North Node in Aquarius. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say I was also um, an actor and I did study drama for four years and then I also did many um, acting masterclasses and I was doing theatre here in Sydney and corporate videos and some television, small television roles, etc. but a lot of theatre. 
so that experience in 92 had a massive um, turnaround on my life. And I knew that I needed to help humanity in, in whatever humble way I could, but I knew that that's what I'm here to do. So that was the, the complete turnaround. And, and it feels great. I did the right thing. I am, as we speak, uh, writing a book of case studies. I've kind of written about a third of a book of my story, but I shelved it because I think I was very embarrassed by the outer world experiences that I'd had. And now I'm reconsidering whether it's safe to put it out there. Um, I also, in 2007, wrote a beautiful children's book that came, that was channeled through my fingers. It's beautiful and I do want to get it published. But I think it was very ahead of its time. It was assessed by a big publisher in New York who said, oh, you write beautifully, it's lovely. But, you know, they didn't decide to publish it. And I realize now it was ahead of its time. It's about a little boy from another planet who came here. I mean, it's cute and funny, but it has a very deep meaning. So why did I choose to do what I do? It's almost as though it chose me. Um, so I am writing a book of case studies. My problem is um, I've got um, a lot of work with clients. I'm pretty booked out, so I don't have a lot of time to do it. But the impulse to do, and, and I know that there are so many wonderful, fabulous books out there of case studies, but I think there's always room for more. So that's how I became a writer, I guess, as yet unpublished, that need to share because I know that it can help people. Talk to me for a moment about the services you offer. The services I offer, um, it's all there on my website. It's www.onewordpastliferegression.net.au, I think. My services are quantum healing hypnosis technique face-to-face, Healing Trance Journey, which is my adaptation of quantum healing hypnosis technique for online application. QHHT cannot be done online. It just isn't for that. So I've done my own adaptation um, for people who can only do it online. And also the current mandates in Australia, well, in Sydney where I am, means that I've just closed my clinic temporarily and I'm only working online. So what I've devised is healing trance journey and that seems to be working very well online. I also do psychotherapy online and often within the psychotherapy context, I draw on um, uh, family constellations and I use little figurines for the representatives so family constellations online using figurines is a very powerful modality because one can come with a question or an issue and then somehow these little, by virtue of what you choose, the, the images that they, um, by virtue of where you put them, the images that they form seems to elicit in the person a deeper understanding beyond the narrative. 
and one gets a more um, subconscious understanding of what's actually going on. So when one can have a deeper understanding of one's issue, then there is a chance to um, reframe it using the actual figurines. That's very powerful. Um, I don't put myself out there as a medium, but the mediumship does come through um, all of the above, all the above services. We're almost at the end of our conversation, and I have two final questions for you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? If I knew that I would die soon, I think if I knew that I would die soon, I would, um, and this has been said by so many people, it's nothing original, but I would make sure that I've made it very clear to the people I love how much I love them and just even deepen my expression of love. And also um, I would probably have more courage to overcome some of my fears, one of which is um, swimming in deep water. I had an experience in this life where I was drowning on a river, a boat had capsized, and I'm not a good swimmer. I'm a terrible swimmer, actually. And it was, the river was flooding, and there was a big storm. So that did give, you know, a lot of fear about being in deep water. So I would probably try to um, overcome some of my fears. But that's probably it, because with the work I've been doing over these um, 22 years, I'm very aware that life is so transient and we're here one moment and gone the next. And I've personally lost so many people recently in my life um, through for various reasons. I'm so aware daily of the transience of life, of the gift of actually being here in the body that it's as though every day I could die, every day and any day. I'm so aware that I could die. So I, I don't feel that, apart from um, trying to overcome some of my fears, I don't think too much would actually change. Maybe, you know, that is a way to live. Because I find that um, all the people I've seen die, literally when I was working in hospitals, and that was in the 80s when there was a very bad AIDS um, epidemic here in Australia, uh, well, around the world, obviously, but I was working in Australia at the time. And, I, you know, so many people died with me holding their hand physically. And obviously I've witnessed so many thousands of people die under hypnosis as they go between lives because, you know, with QHHD, we'll always take you to the very last day of that life so that you can have an experiential understanding of what it is to leave the body. And what people are concerned about when they leave the body is did I love enough? Did I express the love? So that, I guess, doing this work has made that very current and very um, present in, in my daily undertakings, the, the expression of love to those um, that I care about. Thank you so much for your presence, for sharing your wisdom and doing what you do. Thank you so much, Valeria. All the best to you. Thank you for listening and thank you for giving me this opportunity. Bye. 
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Vered and her work, please visit pastliferegression.net.eu. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.